0: The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello, once again, boys and girls. My name is Nubaya Schoolborn. The name on the marquee is Here It Is. And today I am in the beautiful city of Roswell, Georgia, right downtown, where there's a wonderful brewery called Gate City. I am with one of the owner's founders, Pat Range. Pat, how are you today? my day? Doing great. Good to see you. Good, man. I see you with the Oregon Beaver shirt on. I know you're from Oregon. Tell us how you
1: came from Oregon
0: to Atlanta.
1: Born and raised in uh, Portland, Oregon. Uh, went to Oregon State University, go Beavs, and uh, graduated. Got a job out of college uh, working for a, a lumber company. Uh, afforded me the opportunity to travel around a bit and drink beer all over uh, the country and the world. Um, had a love for love for beer growing up uh, in Portland. Gro- grew up in a great area and um, nice. moved out to Georgia in 2005. Okay. And then so
0: okay, Portland's an interesting city. Well, Oregon's interesting, right? Because yeah. there's breweries there, and we'll talk about this and kind of tie back to Georgia how. SP85 maybe come along how I can change things but right now in Georgia you're still doing what's called beer tours where you sell them a glass quote unquote, and then you allow them to have six tastes right. of a beer up to what 32 ounces 36
1: ounces, 36 ounces. Yes.
0: Um, but in Portland yeah. there are some brews there that you'll never hear of outside of Portland or maybe even outside of the neighborhood yeah. that it's in that you go to you walk up to and you have what's on tap have a pint and there's some dude with a panini press Making you a sandwich and ask the head brewer who's been brewing beer for thirty years. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely.
1: It's a different environment. I always tell people there's there's pretty much a brewery on every block. Yeah. Uh, it's it takes hyper local to a, kind of a new level. Um, it, and each neighborhood or area kind of has their go to local brewery. And like you said, generally it's a it's a smaller setup, uh, doing everything from cooking, brewing, cleaning, uh, running the show. Uh, and you see that a lot around there. Um, and like you said, currently the, the situation here in Georgia is a little bit different. But uh, we are moving in a positive direction, which is good. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity for growth in this market. And so real quick, just point, like, what were some of your favorite small breweries there that you kind of grew up on or... Yeah, um, so, you know, when I was when I was growing up and started getting into the drinking phase, I got in uh, early on some of the bigger brands. Um, nice. But, like, Rogue, uh, of course. you know, 10, 12 years ago. Uh, Salute when I was, the Rogue. Yeah, got to love Rogue. You know, Windmere Brothers did great things for the beer industry. Yeah. And then, really, like, there was still a lot of small brew pubs and different things going on there, but so much has even happened since I've left in the 11, 12 years since I've been gone. Um, but just... Breakside Brewery is doing crazy things. Yeah, right about those guys. Um, there's a bunch of small. There's a actually in Corvallis, uh, where Oregon State is. Yeah. Um, there's a small brewery that's making names for themselves. Doing. Um, they have a Sticky Fingers Double IPA that's just really caught on. It's crazy. That sounds um, fun. So there's you find them everywhere, and it's not just in highly populated areas where you're finding good beer made out there. It's all over. Um, Which kind of interesting because kind
0: of brings me to here. We're in where I mean, ten years ago. It rather wasn't even a craft beer shop in Roswell, let alone a brewery. Yeah. You guys have it, Holy Goats, and uh, there's a brew, there's a beer bottle shop down the street. Hell yep. um, yeah. Oh, yeah, L yep. yeah, of
1: course. Yep. So, I mean, how have you seen this community grow? This community over the last ten years has has grown leaps and bounds it 's been really neat to watch you know I moved here eleven years ago and I ended up moving right down the street about a mile from from the brewery um, and At the time that was pure coincidence that um, you know on Canton Street, there was a bunch of antique shops and art galleries nice. and one restaurant. Um, and then what happened was you saw another one small restaurant come in and do well, and then another one come in and do well. And now 10 years later, you see there's this thriving area full of great food, world-class food, and now you're starting to see, like you mentioned, um, breweries. We were the first brewery um, here in Roswell. We've got Abbey of the Holy Goats. we got Variant Brewing coming. Um, so there's, it's actually kind of turning into this small little... Um, Brewery friendly area. You guys That's got, just got pretty
0: pretty a little corridor, yeah. It's like you like you look at Midtown, where you got like Scufflaw and Monday Night yeah. and Second Self and Red Brick. all in that one little area. It's like yeah. you guys are kind of creating. It's kind of what the land is becoming now. Different pockets, man.
1: Yeah, and there's there's different areas that I think for for a lot of years were really underserved in the brewery setting. So what it's doing is it's taking that hyper local feel. It's letting people in this area that hasn't had a brewery before uh, really feel involved in what's going on and really learning about brewing, and then taking ownership of kind of what's coming out of, of, of their hometown. Uh, and, and they're proud of it. Um,
0: it's pretty cool. I'll tell you somewhere else, people are proud. Each and every week, here on Beard is, on the CSPN Network. My name is Nubais Wilborn, rocking here at Gate City with my man, Pat Reigns, the Oregonian, representing his old hood, but the new hood here in Roswell, Georgia. So, man, let's go from there. Life in Georgia. New world with the SBA. Talk to me about this. What you feel about that and what's going to be coming down the bike? Or what, from your... your, your,
1: your yeah, um, you know, I was, I was really pleased with kind of uh, how it all came about. Um, you know, obviously coming from Portland, I saw the opportunity and kind of where things could be. Mm-hmm. And when I moved here, I was disappointed in, in what I kind of came to see. Um, but really, um, I've been pretty pleased with how everything's come together, how the wholesalers have come together with the brewers. And finally, instead of just infighting and, and, and trying to get um, you know, their own way, we all kind of got together and just said, you know, here's what we would like, here's what you would like, here's your deal killers, here's our deal killers. Let's sit down and make this a better environment for craft beer. Um, and I was really pleased with how that all worked out. Um, to be honest with you, um, after initially hearing about it, Uh, I was kind of waiting to see if there would be any changes. Um, I was a little uncertain with everything just because of the past. But how everything has gone, it's really been encouraging to see kind of where we're at. Now, there's still room for improvement. I think there always will be. Um, But but what this will allow um, craft brewers to do is to sell their goods to the end user at the brewery, um, which is is really kind of basic. Right. But what that will do is that will allow us to take and reinvest in ourselves when we're young. Um, Mm. So what you'll see is you'll see more craft breweries. And what it'll do is it'll allow craft breweries in the infant stages to really, um, instead of just bleeding money early on and struggling through it, you'll see people that can grow organically can mm-hmm. grow slowly um and maybe have no intention of ever really becoming huge but they can fill those little pockets they can fill right. those little hyper local areas uh the neighborhood breweries where they're mm-hmm. really on a super small system uh producing great beer but just in small quantities just really for their neighborhood not right. intended to really get outside of their neighborhood right um, and, if, and, and if they want to distro a little bit they can take it down the street or whatever have you, but they don't it's always have an far. option. But you yeah. really don't have to. What you what you saw before was the tour model and the distribution model really hindered super small. You had to get big fast. Right, right, right. Um, and 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 that's okay as well. Um, but it's not everybody's model. And I think there's a space for those nano breweries. Is what um, mm-hmm. you know. It's um, I think there's a a place for them in the. I love the that though. I mean,
0: yeah. where you can come, have a beer. That place makes it. Maybe they'll give you a crowler or whatever, a growler. You take it home and that's it. Yeah. And that's okay. I think that's a great thing.
1: It's a cool it's a cool opportunity for um, small guys to showcase their stuff. I think about other places where I go. Um, you know, we were up in Charlotte um, about a year oh, nice. ago nice. visiting nice. up there. They've got a nice craft beer scene going. And what did we do when we were up there? We popped around to different breweries yeah. and just had a pint or two or sampled or yeah. flight, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then popped to the next one. And just, you know, that's what I like to do. That's how yeah. I like to drink beer in places where, where I'm not all the time is to go and try all the different stuff. It really opens up your eyes to different. um, styles to different things people are doing different ways people are brewing different beers um, and so for me, I think it, it, it. My biggest thing, and I know we've talked about this before, is spectrum. I think there's a right. wide spectrum and a wide range of beers. And the more more different beers people can try, the better off um, the overall industry is.
0: And I tell you, another place is helping the industry be better off here on Beard is on the ESPN Network. My name is Nubai Wilborn, rocking here at Gate City with man Pat Reins. That is just a beautiful, easygoing name there. I like it; just flows off the tongue, really smooth, easy to remember. So from there, man let's talk about your brew house yeah <clears throat> tell me about it walk me through it
1: yeah so we've got a unique opportunity here we started pretty small we uh basically started on a three barrel system uh, about three years ago mm-hmm. um we thought at that time we were we were big stuff we were brewing about 90 gallons uh per batch oh yeah uh, launched into the market at six accounts and quickly ran out of beer so we upgraded to a seven barrel brew house (laughs) currently we're brewing on a 30 barrel brew house um so we've kept all of our old systems so we actually in-house have a one a three a seven and a 30 barrel system so it allows us to really do to do a lot of the pilot batches and Mm -hmm. that's what allows us to have the 20 taps downstairs um but but in day, day in day out um You know, we're brewing probably once a week on our 30-barrel. That's mostly set up for distributed beers. So all of our distribution beers run through that 30-barrel system. Then we take our 7-barrel, and we do some of our proven uh, pilot batches that have gone over well. We'll up those to 7. Those will stay in-house on tap for about a month, a month and a half maybe. Um, and then our one-barrel batch, we're constantly cranking those out. We try and do one a week of a pilot batch. Oh, nice. Something different, something we haven't done, something unique, something we've always kind of wanted to do, a new style, something just a little different. And we're cranking those out one a week. <clears throat> that's like a
0: home brewer's dream over there. I'm looking at it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the one-barrel was actually my home brew setup. Uh, that's where oh, got, wow, really? <laughs> that's where I got to in my garage before the wife said, time to, time to get out of the garage with, a, <laughs> with this brewery you've built here. Um, and then the three-barrel right now, we've kind of parted out, um, part for a hot bag, part for a grant. Um, but we're actually about to kind of set all that back up and start doing some more three-barrel batches. So, yeah, I mean, really four systems uh, all set up in about 6,000 square feet here. So How
0: long did you go? How, what was the time frame from going from the 1 to the thirty?
1: So, let's see, one, it probably was about three and a half years, um, all said and done. That's a lot Um, of growth, man. Yeah, a lot of growth, pretty fast. Um, So, we only brewed on the three barrel. We bought the three barrel brew house. We brewed on it for about three months. We brewed one batch of each of our mainstay beers Mm -hmm. uh, and then decided we needed to get bigger. So, we went to the seven. We brewed on the seven for about eight months Uh, once we got this built out. And we're starting to get up and pushing distribution and opening uh, the taproom. During that time, we were looking for a brew house. And we actually found um, our 30-barrel brew house and brought it in um, last year in January. But it sat um, for about six months before we actually fired everything up. We had a lot of build-out to do left. Um, before in, we in, in, your, in your space, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, at that time, we brought in the 30. We brought in two sixty 60 60-barrel fermenters. Uh, and this is keeping us uh, running now. Um, we do see some, some future growth coming over the next couple months. We're going to get into 12-ounce cans, which will really um, kind of up the game canning again. You're going
0: to do mobile canning? We're going to do
1: mobile canning to start okay. um, mm-hmm. with the idea of shortly thereafter buying a line we've been looking at a very similar line to what uh, the mobile canners are using so we nice. want to kind of test it out and make sure it fits our needs a lot of
0: times it's hard to even get access to the can it feels like everybody's doing it so like these canning lines and these Steinbach people who are brewing who are building these brew houses they're having the time of their lives right now oh, man
1: yeah. the, the market the market the brewing industry in, in itself is is huge right now and there's tons going on everybody who's supplying um is 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 doing really well right um and i think growers everybody man everybody's eating man i think um everybody's doing well i think there is we do have to be careful that at some point you know with the the growth we're seeing we got to make sure the supply is growing at the same rate otherwise somewhere down the road we're going to have some economic issues Mm of supply and demand um but for right now everybody's doing well i think um, as long as people stay responsible in their growth and there's good communication between the suppliers and the brewers and everybody's talking then i think i think it'll continue to be great for everyone
0: and i tell you another place we can keep it talking Each here every week right here on beer it is on the cspn network my name is and today i'm in roswell at gate city my man pat reigns so pat from there we talked about now getting into the state of georgia
1: just life here man what is it like
0: with the guild here man
1: the guild the guild is really awesome here man um, I'll tell you that uh, Nancy Palmer does an outstanding job for us. Um, Shout out to nancy palmer yeah she uh, she is absolutely awesome at what she does uh she's she's won awards well well deserved um for what she's doing for the guild and the brewers of georgia mm-hmm. and overall just um the brewers of georgia are an awesome group of people um we we get along you know i was down uh del- making a delivery today ran into orpheus ran into eventide guys and it's just like we're all all buddies i mean nice. everybody's super cool um we've all got the same the same um headaches. end goal same headaches same growth issues and uh all the same type of stuff uh, going on, so it's really cool to have a group of people that are really open, friendly. Um, you know, when we see them last night, Scott Law was in here, dropped by just to say hey. Um, so I mean, That's we awesome, all man. we all get along really well, and the and the guild is a great opportunity for us to all get in the same room together, discuss the issues, the problems, the good, the bad, uh, and kind of figure out where we want to take beer in Georgia. I mean, um, it's really come a long way over the last five to ten years, and I think it's still got a long way to go. Um, but we are absolutely making the right steps and progressing in the right ways. Um, and I see continued, I see us continuing down that path um, in the future. Well, and that's going to be
0: an interesting, that's going to be an interesting thing because you guys are going to need each other now more than ever. Even with something as simple as SB85, like, to go from the, go away from the tour model, pretty much everybody has to do it, right? Yeah. In I order for it to work. <clears> because I mean, yeah. like, cause if you go to one brewery and the guy says, well, <coughs> hey, I was at such and such place and they still are offering tours. How come you guys are charging me per glass?
1: Yeah, and I mean that's that's kind of where it, it's interesting for us to all move together. We all and we and we all talk about this stuff. How people are going to do things. What 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 the what the different ideas are on how you implement different things. But yeah, to that point, I mean it, it's kind of got to be similar at all different breweries. Otherwise, it turns into a cluster. I mean we right. even get we get people from out of town that come in and just. We spend five minutes just explaining Georgia law to them. Hey, this is how this works because, (laughs) yeah, 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 in every
0: other state in the union, you can go to a brewery and buy one glass of beer. it's
1: not something we want to do, just make up a tour and charge you for it. I mean, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, because you get people who are like, yo, um, hey, I'm just in town.
0: I I saw your place on Google. I just want to try one of your beers. Right. And you can't.
1: All the time. All All the the time. And explaining to people why, you know. Uh, it's it's difficult sometimes on just, just helping them understand the laws and, and kind of how different it is because we get that all the time. Well, I'm, I'm here from California and I can go and buy a pilot or a flight. Can I buy a flight here? No. Well, unfortunately, no, you can't. Right. Uh, and here's why. Um, but it will be exciting when we can start to do that and everybody kind of implements that, that same thing and I, I think it... I think one of the best things about where we're going is simplifying it. It doesn't have to be super complicated. I mean, it's, it's selling beer. It's just like any other widget. You know, right. I, I'm a manufacturer. I want to be able to sell it to the end user um, who wants my product on site. Um,
0: That's real. Yeah.
1: Okay, so speaking of that.
0: You guys have a very interesting setup downstairs, man. I see the smile. Yeah. You guys, you guys, I wish you guys just see the big smile on Pat Ray's yeah. face here. This, yeah. this guy here, he's, he's, he's blushing about that. We, are,
1: uh, we are pretty thrilled about how our downstairs. We, um, we launched the downstairs uh, about three weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago at our second anniversary. Um, great event, by the way, man. Yeah, I had a you.
0: really good time. Yeah, good we, time.
1: We had a blast. It was a great time all around. Uh, yeah, the downstairs, uh, it's been one of those things that's been in the works for um, the whole time since we've had the space took us a little longer like everything to kind of get it built out um but it was kind of our our brainchild from the beginning and um we just finally got it open so what it is is it's 3100 square feet it's wide open you got roll-up garage doors you got 20 beers on tap Um, we got a great live music venue um bringing live music a little outdoor patio and really, it's just a—it's an all-around cool feel for a tasting room. Yeah. Uh, and it's in a cool spot, so it's kind of tucked back out of the way of Cannon Street. Mm-hmm. So you almost got to know it's there, um, which we kind of like. Um, it, it lets the people feel like they have their own little kind of... Almost speakeasy type deal yeah. back there. Um, and then as people get to know more about it. We got the, the... And the weather gets better. We roll up the garage doors. We get some live music in there start pumping out some good music. And it's just a really cool vibe. And it's got a lot of people really excited about what Cause we're cause doing. Because
0: I was here for the anniversary. You guys had like a food truck out yeah. there. And you got the skee-ball and the video games and the TVs. I yeah. mean... Yeah, I I, I mean... I was in one leave because it was like, okay, it because <laughs> I was watching the game and yeah. there's music. It, it's it's a,
1: a whole nother level. You know, we yeah. were doing tastings in the brewery. That was never really our, our initial plan but how everything works sometimes you got to improvise. Right. So we were doing tastings in the brewery which had its own cool feel but of course. but really, you know, downstairs is something special like you say. We've got the 360 inch TVs. we got two ski ball games. we yeah. got live music. I mean, it's just it's just a cool place that, that has got a great vibe and people just love to hang out um, and it's more feels like a tasting room versus, just kind of hanging out in the brewery, um, but we, you know, we did that for a year, and it really lended people a cool opportunity. The people who supported us from early on right. can now now kind of look back and be like, "Well, I remember when we were upstairs, <laughs> you know, in the brewery drinking beer, and and now you know we're down here in the tap room." So it was, it, it, it kind of worked. It's out. It's interesting because, nice.
0: it like, when I was at the event, I sent it to a friend of mine who had been up here a couple of times.
1: He's like, "Oh, you know, I like their beer, but their brewery setup is
0: kind of yeah. stale. I mean, not stale, yeah. it's just it's different. It's yeah. mechanic. I mean, right. you know, as far you know, as like." Holy crap! Like they really, (laughs) really stepped it up. Like where was that? Because even if you're upstairs, you look, it just looks like this is it like the top part is it like you do not even yeah. know or yeah. wouldn't even realize there's a whole downstairs part.
1: That was a cool thing I mean because from early on even on the tours we would tell people you know we also have 3,000 square feet downstairs that we're building out and people just for whatever reason if you're not from here and you don't know you know that there's it's on grade you know everybody thinks downstairs they think of like a basement like mm-hmm. a dungeon and like and so it was kind of fun to tell people about it and watch them try and kind of put it all together right. and then for us to go down and really boom open it up and people are like wow this is so much better than I imagined and I just never i never really got what you were saying and now i get it um and so it's been um it's been a cr- pretty cool experience for us to get it open and guys speaking
0: of cool experience you can have a cool experience each and every week here on beer it is my name is nubias Woolborn. here at gate City in roswell g8 and we're having a good time here we're gonna take a quick pause for the cause because we're gonna come back and we're gonna actually talk about what goes in the glass guys we'll be right back stick and stay
1: is tim dog from the comic book chronicles make sure to join myself agent
0: 70 dirt and Roddy cat live every thursday night 9 p.m eastern time
1: as we discuss the latest breaking comic book news and also review the new comic books each week along with discussing tv shows
0: movies and much more and make sure to go to our website theclicknation.com you can listen to the Conflict Chronicles every Friday by subscribing to the Code Slither Podcast Network. Alright boys and girls, once again this is Beard it is on the CSPN Network and we are right back live here at Gate City in Roswell, Georgia. My name is Tobias Woolborn. The man I'm interviewing is Pat Rains, a.k.a. The utility man <laughs> here
1: yes, at Gate
0: City. Yes. It's for a little baseball, man. Tell me about that, man.
1: Played played some baseball uh, back in the day. Yeah, loved uh, loved it. No, it was kind of my it was kind of my thing. I was, I was actually pretty decent at it. Uh, ended up uh, winning a national championship with uh, a men's league down in Florida. Nice. Um, so so played a lot of baseball in my day. Loved it. Ended up injuring myself. Uh, broke my arm pitching, oh, which ended my career. Uh, and uh, help me focus, pull my focus away from baseball into making great beer uh, for y'all to enjoy.
0: And so, how did you go from pitching? And what was your pitch, man? What was your, I mean? Your fastball, fastball guy. Fastball
1: <laughs> slider location. location. So what's
0: top out on? What's top uh, out on the fastball, man?
1: I was low nineties.
0: Well, I mean, hey, man, <laughs> I mean, ninety-eight percent of Americans will never be able to throw a fastball that fast. Yeah. So I mean, salute to you for that. That's like the torque and everything yeah. to do it right. So now, how, if in any way, did baseball? help you with beer
1: absolutely man um it's a cool it's a cool i was always into team sports uh and brewing you know it's one of those things while yeah sometimes it's individual the whole business aspect of everything is really a team sport right as much as uh as much as brian and i you know were the initial founders and got everything rolling uh we got to a point where we quickly realized that you need people you can't (laughs) do everything yourself um and so you know um yeah you end up being a team leader or almost like a coach in that you bring the right people in for your team for the Mm -hmm. areas you need you know whether it's a first baseman or a salesman or a brewer or a you know a catcher you're putting the right pieces together and you're guiding the pieces you let them do what they need to do Mm. but you're always there for support and kind of helping to guide and 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 you know luckily now we've gotten to a point where um a lot of what i do is strategy but yeah you you uh you hit the nail on the head. I'm kind of your utility player. This morning I was delivering beer, picking up grain, coming back, uh, you know, doing some interviews, having some meetings, and uh, so you know whatever needs to be done, um, always always popping in and willing to do. Um, but also managing the team, you know, making sure everything's running. You know, it's it doesn't it doesn't run itself.
0: And man, okay, let's get to my favorite part of these, man. Let's get to the beer. You got it. Let's get into it, man. All right, right now, I'm drinking the OTP. Walk us through that beer. Tell us all about
1: it. One of my favorites right now, uh, absolutely loving it. It is a West Coast-style IPA. So, obviously, coming from the West Coast um, out to the East Coast, I noticed a big difference in just IPA style. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was kind of my crack at you know making a great west coast Yeah, okay, this
0: ain't cloudy or hazy guys yeah, no it's <laughs> crystal
1: clear uh nice dry finish um we used uh simcoe in columbus to give it some of that dank characteristic yeah uh it's Classic got hops. nice fruit nose but it's mm-hmm. still got uh it drinks a little with a little bit of dankness there um coming in at eight percent 99 ibus mm-hmm. i mean it's it drinks a lot smoother than eight percent it does so it is a it's a dangerous but delicious beer yeah i mean like
0: you the bitterness is there but it's on the back and not on the front so you kind of you can kind of drink it and you're like oh okay that's there mm-hmm. so it's almost like a like you kind of drink it fast you're like oh well slow
1: down smooth slow and down. it hits you it's like
0: hey, hey yeah, there, 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 there's a little bit going on there <laughs> yeah. but this beer is balanced and solid man yeah. so then i had your vanilla brown
1: yeah Another another one of uh, another one of my favorites. Um, definitely a different style here. So what we did is we took a brown and we used Madagascar vanilla beans. Brought them in nice. hand slice them, clean them up. Uh, and those, those vanilla beans, in. they come in those long, yeah, yeah those, that's a grind. Yeah, and, and peeling about 150 vanilla beans takes a couple Ooh, hours by the whew. end. Yeah, but, So it's definitely a labor of love. But what you get is you get um, a little bit more sweetness in this one. So you take a brown base. It's got a little bit of roast there, um, but not super heavy roast. And then you add in that vanilla a little bit of sweetness, and it makes just a, a really great, um, easy-drinking beer. I call it kind of a dessert beer. I mean, it pairs yeah. really well with those vanilla flavors. Um Getting into some of those chocolate notes um, with the roast that it has, so um, another really great beer that uh, that we're pretty proud of around here.
0: As well you should be, man. And let's talk about your cores. So, tell us what your cores are and yeah. how that goes about.
1: So out in the market, um, we have our two initial flagship beers, if you will, uh, were Copperhead American Amber and 1864 IPA. Two phenomenal beers um, that appeal to a wide, wide market. Okay. So Copperhead mm-hmm. Amber, it's not your traditional amber. It's a little hoppier than your standard amber. Mm-hmm. You still get some nice roast flavors in there. Something and it's got the color, too. It's got a great, got the color. beautiful. Color. I love the malt I love
0: the malt bill yeah. on that beer.
1: And it's got and some people say there's a little hints of chocolate from the roast. Um, so a really nice different than you see a lot um, down here. Mm-hmm. Um, great beer. Uh, 1864. When we launched with 1864, being in Roswell, we wanted to appeal to a wide range of IPA drinkers. Right. right. We know that you know for the double IPA drinker in the hop heads, eighteen sixty four is on the lower side of hops. But we called it an approachable IPA. It's six point three percent. It's sixty three IVUs. It focuses on Falconer's Flight. Uses some traditional bittering hops and Cascade mm, as well. Mm. Um, but what it gives you is just a great, easy drinking IPA. It's got a great fruit nose on it, um, but it's smooth. You can have a couple of them. You know, at six point three percent, it's got some a little bit of booze in there, but right. not overpowering. I mean, it's really I mean, it's, smooth.
0: it's right above sessionable. Right. I mean, but right. I mean, if you have a couple.
1: You're gonna know,
0: yeah. You're gonna know. (laughs) But I mean, you can drink more than one and be okay and have a good time. So, which I mean, what? How does that go for brewers, right? Because I think everybody's different. Because I mean, do you want to brew sessionable beer that maybe doesn't get some people, some nerds excited?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or do you want to brew beer that? And look, that was that was something we dealt with starting out. Um, You've got to kind of pick. Like a lot of people expect you to come out with 17 different crazy beers, and the reality for us coming in was look. We've got some core beers that are absolutely solid, great beers that we know will do well in a wide array. Right. We're going to start with those. We're going to put those out, and then once we get everything under our feet, we're going to start having fun. And that's what you started to see on our second mm-hmm. anniversary was us having fun. Yeah. We went into that weekend with 35 beers ready to go. Ah, you guys are crazy. Yeah. Everything from 4% to 3% uh, on our Tardy McFly up to we had four beers over 11%. Um, you know a triple ipa a russian imperial a double tropical stout on the crazier side so what we've been able to do is it took us time and we took a lot of heat for that at the beginning but and we got which we kind of knew we would but it took us a while to get our feet under underneath us and it was our strategy all along um, and i've told people if you don't see something you like from us wait a couple more weeks because we're putting out different stuff all the time right now we've got totally different stuff going we've got a saison uh, in the fermenter, we have a double red IPA. We Ooh. have a raspberry sour. Okay. Um, and so we're starting to just get more opportunity to do more things. Um, we wanted to go with a focused business approach, something that made sense that could allow us to sell some beer. The other thing is, we launched for the first eight months with no tap room, so we had no outlet other than our main oh, beers, wow. or no ability to. So really what was in the, what was in the store? Yeah, Without well, well, people really know even know who you are. Right, and so Jeez. yeah, so it's hard to really get out there and put yourself out there. While still saying, "Hey, I've got all this cool stuff I can do. I just don't have an outlet for it yet." So mm. as we opened our tap room here, we quickly went from two beers to four four beers in distribution, eight beers on tap in the tasting room, and now we're up to twenty beers downstairs. Wow! Um, showing more of kind of what we can do. So I think I think to answer your question, that was a challenge that we faced early on was showing all the things we can do. But it took us it took us longer than than we wanted, than and, anyone wanted. And it's an
0: interesting conundrum because I mean. I acknowledge that I am probably in the maybe 5% of beer drinkers, um, you know, the nerds or whatever right. you call it, sure. right? And because one of the questions I always ask is, okay, well, what's your 420? You know, as far as like, or what's right. your Sam Adams lager? Right. But I often wonder now, can a brewery start with those two beers as their lead beers? It's hard. It's hard. Um... <laughs> Cause I mean, because like, I mean, those were groundbreaking beers yeah. when they sure. came out. Sure. Or, you know, yeah. say about a pale ale. Well, the funny yeah. thing is, it's
1: like you said, I mean, uh, the hard part is that 5 or 10% of beer nerds or beer drinkers or beer enthusiasts or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. are also the loudest 5%. Yes, so, they are. So when you get out there and, and you put something out that maybe doesn't, you know, it's like, ah, oh, this isn't hoppy enough or whatever. Right. You know, Or this is boring. Yeah, yeah. it's boring. Or, what? you know, what are these guys doing? Just another guy making, you know, whatever beer. Um, you always have to kind of keep in mind that the majority of the beer market is still taken up by BMC Bud Miller Core. so yep. while the, while the loud part of the crap beer is the is is the smaller portion the bigger portion is okay with maybe not your crazy stuff so yeah. then you get into how do you really appease everybody and what we're learning is, is it's okay to have core beers um that are great you know our Terminus Porter 7.8% Baltic Porter something different on the Porter side it's an awesome beer mm-hmm. stands alone um but, you know, then we also need to have our double IPAs, our triple IPAs, some of this crazy stuff in-house right. that we can then draw people in, show them what we can do. It may not always go out to distribution, and there's reasons for that. I mean, cost, of, yeah. cost-effective, crazy beers are hard to do. Right. Um, it, but with the laws changing and everything, you'll have more access in-house to some of these beers that you can't necessarily get outside of a tasting but room. But I think,
0: also think that's okay, too, because, Absolutely. I mean, I feel like, because, again, like, I come back around where... I lived in Ohio, I've lived out in L.A., I've lived in other places, i lived in Miami, so like, yeah, like I'm used to being able to go to a Jay Wakefield or a Funky Buddha and getting some crazy stuff that will never leave that brewery, or when I was in Ohio, going to Great Lakes or Hopping Frog and getting something crazy that, you know, you're only going to get it there. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good balance, there. you know, and, it, and
1: it's hard, it's 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 hard sometimes because, you know, if, if most of your distributed stuff is more mainstream, cost-effective type beer, um, how do you draw those people in to come and see some of the crazy stuff that we're doing, you know, some of the anniversary we put out? Yeah. Um, you know, it's... it's it's hard. It's a fine balance of wanting to distribute everything and let everybody know, hey, we can do all this, but still keeping some stuff exclusive and really special um, at the same time. Well, I mean, for me, what
0: I guess what I would say to that is, if you do it if you do it well, like, I mean, hey, I also drink this event sharing about Pale Yeah. It's still a damn good beer. Absolutely. An um, Anchor Steam, I'll still drink one. It's still good. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, a 420, particularly now that they've kind of switched it up a little Hit bit and dry hopped yeah. it. Yeah. I think it's good now. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, I was ba- I mean, so it wasn't bad then, but I'm just saying it's, <laughs> yeah. it's better now. Like, yeah. I thing is a good, so I'm saying, like, or Tampa Executioner, like, I should drink one. But, yeah. Yeah, but if I'm out at, say, the Porter or the Brick Store, or there's a bar over here, what's the name? Um, Alien? No, 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 the bar oh. right there. Um, oh,
1: Rue? Rue, yeah. Yeah.
0: If I'm there, I'm not ordering those beers there. Right. Because they got some crazy yeah, stuff there. Yeah, they got there, some crazy stuff. Yeah, and I want to order the crazy stuff. Yeah. But I think if I was at another place that those are the best things I could get. Yeah if it's well then that will make to me that will make me it's like if I go to a restaurant can you make good hot ones can you make a good burger can't make those right I really want to trust you to make a duck confit you know (laughs) what I'm
1: saying right absolutely absolutely (laughs) so man speaking of that what's next uh what's next so i kind of talked about it a little bit but now that we've got the tap room open the next focus is really getting into 12 ounce cans we want to put copperhead and 1864 out in 12 ounce cans Ooh, those would be
0: good lawnmower followed, yeah. season followed quickly yeah.
1: by um terminus porter will come out next fall Ooh, in, porter. In 12 ounce cans all right um so getting into cans is, is kind of the next phase for us uh and then and then continued growth out in distribution and also in house continue to put out great variety of beers and, and, and who, do you, who, do you, who do you distribute with so we're distributed with you know United distributors, United. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Great, great distribution company. They're everywhere.
0: Yep. They they know how to handle the state, and Absolutely. they get you on shows. How, do you know how many, how far you guys are distributed right now?
1: Right now, um, we're out in Savannah. Uh, we're down into Macon uh, and uh, all around town. So slowly spreading out, um, covering a, a majority of the state, uh, and just continuing to grow that. You know, obviously on draft, there's. There's only so much growth there, right. and that's hence the next step in the packaging. Once you take that next step, it really opens up the doors for a lot of different places. So well. um, how far do you want to grow? Um, you know, I think in the short term, uh, we want to focus on Georgia, make sure Georgia can get uh, all of the gate city that they want. From here to Statesboro uh, to yeah. Athens and everywhere in the way around. We, want to, yeah. we want to support Georgia first. Um, from there, you know, I think, I think the midterm goal is to become a uh, regional brewery. Okay. I don't think there's any, any aspirations much past that at this point. Um, right now, we're really focused on growth, getting to that next step. I think over the next couple years we will start to look um, at some neighboring states and see kind of what the options are for that, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's a natural progression for us. Um, but really, outside of that, I think for a, a, you know a five to seven year plan, we want it, We would like to become a, a regional brewery, um, gotcha. and we think we can do that.
0: And then last thing, I'm gonna get you out of here on yep. this the anniversary beer, that stout, man. Tell us about that beer. That was yeah. So more.
1: we did um, we did a double tropical stout, um, and where that came from. Tropical stout. We get asked all the time, what's a tropical stout? So it's actually a sweet stout, it's a foreign export stout, uh, is the technical um, term for it.
0: But it was based, by the uh, way, for those who are newly initiated, like Guinness is known right. as a foreign extra stout, yeah. not say to say it's anything like Guinness, but yeah, just giving people the minds, yeah, out.
1: that's the that's the base beer. So, um, a tropical stout is a foreign extra stout. That is actually brewed um, with molasses. So early on in the tropical islands and stuff, they would use molasses in their brew. And what it would what it lends to is a sweeter stout. So you end up with a sweet stout. So we originally brewed a, a tropical stout, came in a little over six percent. For our anniversary beer, we decided to double it up and go with a Double Tropical Stout that came in just over 12%. Uh, phenomenal beer, you get a nice sweet flavor, but you still get some of that dark fruit as it ages and you get a, a really great flavor coming out of that. So we took that, put that in 22s for our um, anniversary beer. Uh, that along with um, our Russian Imperial Stout that came in at 11 and a half, our triple IPA, and then um, some Terminus Porter that we had aged for a year. Um, we put all those into 22 uh, ounce bottles and uh, release those for our anniversary
0: nice and see that's how you do it guys you give people different things these are the things take to the bottle shares these are the things that really get people excited into trade markets so on and that's so right. forth about what you're doing and get people down here to convince you so tell everybody where we can find you on Twitter and instagrams and Absolutely. all the world
1: yeah uh, Gate City Brewing on Facebook Gate City Brewing um, on Twitter instagram gate city brewing uh pretty much look up gate city brewing company you can find us out and about um all over the state if you can't find us where you drink ask for us we'd love to be there we'd love to give you a taste of kind of what we're doing and if you can't find it out in the market come see us here on canton street tap rooms open thursday through sunday uh and uh come check out the new space and uh have a couple beers with us there you go guys this has been beer it is
0: and we're out